Hey everyone, it's Beverly Hallberg. Welcome to a special pop-up episode of She Thinks, your favorite podcast from the Independent Women's Forum where we talk with women and sometimes men about the policy issues that impact you and the people you care about most. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to this pop-up edition of She Thinks Podcast. This is Patrice Luca, Director for the Center of Economic Opportunity at Independent Women's Forum. Today we're talking about work, specifically being your own boss. How many people dream of firing their 9-to-5 job and setting up their own shop? Well, increasingly, American workers are ditching traditional jobs for more flexible hours, schedules, and positions. And the pandemic has only accelerated that shift, especially for women who balance career-giving duties. Now, independent contractors are everyone from marketing experts and mall Santas to florists and Uber drivers. But these workers are at risk. Congress, backed by the Biden administration, are on a war path to narrowly define who can be an independent contractor. California did this when passing AB5, and we saw what happened. People lost jobs and incomes immediately. So how can we protect independent contractors? Well, our guest today has an idea. Mike Rubri is president of New Jobs for Massachusetts Incorporated, a nonprofit working to remove the legal barriers to rapid job growth, and uh, is fighting to remove the stringent ABC test from federal and state labor laws. A client of online independent contractors for more than five years and an employer for more than 20 years. He, like many entrepreneurs, began his career as a W-2 employee and sensed there must be a better way. Mike, we are, we are happy to have you on today's podcast, and we look forward to hearing about this better way. So welcome. Thank you, Patrice. It's nice to be here with you. Terrific. So tell us about New Jobs for Massachusetts. What is the organization and what do you do? New Jobs for Massachusetts is a nonprofit organization and we work to remove the barriers in federal and state law to rapid job growth. And we were formed a little over 10 years ago. And we early on, in the first year we were organized, we started working on uh, the law that everybody told me about that I hadn't heard about, which was called the independent contractor law. And we have worked on it ever since. It's our primary law. Uh, as a as a as a barrier to employment, it started in Massachusetts in its current form. It, they copied it word for word in California, and now the California version is going to, uh, according to the current administration, wants they want to insert it in federal labor law, which means it would prevail over all other laws. So our work is concentrated on undoing that so that each individual can decide for herself or himself whether they want to be their own boss and whether they want to you know, work and on what schedule and under what terms. Well, that sounds refreshing, Mike. I mean, I think people enjoy today this idea of being an entrepreneur and being their own boss. But before we get into um, you know, how we can accomplish that, Tell us, just give us a little background on the different classifications that already exist. I mean, is, is everybody already an employee, or how does that interact with independent contractors? The federal law 
named the Fair Labor Standards Act is the core of all national labor laws, state and federal, and it stipulates it in one paragraph that everybody is a uh, everyone working is uh, can shall be considered an employee unless they meet some tests. And the, uh, the what they're proposing, uh, so then either you're a corporation type of person uh, and you have employees or you're an individual and you have to work for somebody as an employee. So that's the core and that there are law, there are rules, but the states can't get more generous than that. You, they can only be more strict. California went with more strict. And so that has set up the, uh, the current commotion that many people have heard about, about AB5 and the PRO Act. Well, now for our listeners, uh, if you've you know been listening for the past few months, we have definitely covered AB five, which uh, or Assembly Bill five, which redefined um, what a, a, an employee versus an independent contractor in the state would be. Um, and and as Mike is saying, uh, this could become federal law thanks to the Pro Act, which would, among many other things. Uh, institute this new, more stringent definition of independent contractors. And, and what we're talking about is effectively, you know, reclassifying millions, tens of millions of workers as employees. And, and we know that the companies may not be able to afford to do that. And so you'll, you'll probably end up with a lot of un, unemployed people. So, Mike, how can yeah. we avoid such a fate? You have an idea. Tell us about it. Patrice, we call it, we call our legislative solution, be, be my own boss. It's a phrase that beats in almost every person's heart. The public supports the idea. Maybe someday they'll be their own boss or they want to be their own boss now. And so we'd spent a lot of time with the Fair Labor Standards Act, keeping in mind the needs of many different types of people, uh, employers, attorneys, uh, hardworking part-time uh, workers, full-time professionals, regular on-the-street construction workers, tried to figure out a way that those who chose to be self-employed could somehow indicate that their choice. Uh, it, it's important for them to know. If it, you want to be able to offer them a, a, a step that they can take to, to control their life when they want to do it. Uh, I was very happy for pretty happy as an employee early in my career, but later I wanted to become self-employed because I saw that there were just simply better ways to spend my time. Many people go through that uh, that experience, and so what we did first of all in the law is we set up a simple opportunity in plain English. The law is only 456 words long. And we allowed them to make a simple choice whether they wanted to be an employee or be an employer in a particular field or title. So you could choose to be a nurse as, a, as an independent contractor. And then so you'd say, my name is this, and I make the, this choice to be my own employer. Then what we did was because you, you can't walk around and say, well, I told the Department of Labor that I want to be my own boss. They go, yeah, oh, well, fine. Um, so we established something called a self-employment identification number, parallel to the 
the uh, federal identification number issued to all corporations on demand. And by having this number, you create a token, Patrice, that a, an individual can take around and show to an, a prospective client, let's say I'm, I'm a marketer and I want to do uh, marketing events using people in the neighborhood to, to do the work, and someone says, well, aren't you aren't you going to wind up being a, an independent, I mean, a, calling me, call, saying that I misclassified you? And you can say, no, here's my self-employment uh, number. I've taken the, uh, made the election to be self-employed in my field. And so that is, that becomes a, a, a bond of trust between the, the buyer of your services and and you the seller of your services and that that's important because there's all this commotion around the the threat of self-employment uh misclassification and all those things so you try we're trying to diffuse that damage that's been done to the reputation that independent contractors have acquired through no fault of their own well, and Mike, let me put thing, a pin in this. Oh, let me yes. put it before you jump in a little further. Let me let me just probe you on that. Um, that was one of my later questions. Uh, a lot of opponents, <clears throat> excuse me, or actually, I should say, proponents of you know cracking down on independent contractors. They are saying that it is widespread. There is a lot of misclassification of um, of independent contractors. They're they're in essence saying tech companies, other companies are are instead of paying these employees as they should, they're calling them independent contractors, kind of paying them, but avoiding paying the taxes, avoiding uh, paying um, some of the, the social security taxes that go to the federal government. Um, do you think uh, misclassification is widespread? And do you, and, and, and please explain a little bit more how your legislative proposal would address that. Well, uh, first of all, I think it, I acknowledge that it exists I do not believe it's as widespread as any of its its backers, you know, the, the misclassification claimers, uh, as widespread as uh, people say. Uh, and I think that this bill addresses it by requiring people to state under penalty of perjury, and, and it, you'll serve one to five if you're convicted of perjury in um, in federal prison, but it it says you're you're making it. It allows you to make a choice, and I assume that they'll encourage people to be responsible about making that choice. The same as if you get married, Patrice, you make a choice to live under marital law. We don't deny people that choice because some marriages break up or people don't get along or people make unwise decisions. We say we wish you luck. You know, get counseling if you need it, but here's the law and here's what you have to do to live within it. So I believe that misclassification will mostly go away if those who are actually voluntarily self-employed are allowed to register their choice. Then there's no temptation to get a job, take the pay, and then say six, eight months later, Oh, I thought you were making me of my own self and, you know, so you were forcing me to be self-employed. So I'm, you know, basically as the kids book says, getting backsies, um, that, that, that would be done away with. So gotcha. there'd be few, 
Fewer claims. Fewer claims. That's good. Now, I think I had interrupted. You were talking about the third thing that this law does, and, and I would absolutely direct people to your website to read more about the different um, qualifications that you're expecting. But what is that other thing that you were going to mention? Oh, thank you, Patrice. It has to do very much with the with the uh, what's happening at the moment. Um, yeah. the, this this bill will fortify the access that people have to self-employment by choice. There's a big push on to uh, to make everybody a, a W-2 employee uh, under the sort of utopian thought that we'll just all lift ourselves up by our bootstraps and everybody can make the same amount and do the same jobs. And it doesn't allow for specialties or emergency work or uh, anything like that, where you can make a, a better arrangement for both the buyer and the seller, pay your taxes, you know, buy the benefits you want, and make arrangements to live your own life, you know, while working and doing the work you want. These, the, the PRO Act will end small business. It will end independent contracting. You can simply read the bill and, and see that. This would go in the other direction. So. This bill is very helpful if they don't pass the PRO Act and, and people wisely like you say, well, how, how can we solve this problem? Be my own boss is the answer to that question. Mike, you are reading my mind because my next question was going to be, <laughs> what is the biggest threat that you see right now? And it sounds like you feel it's coming from Congress, the PRO Act, the Protecting the Right to Organize Act that we've mentioned before. Um, do you think... Uh, so, so just remind us now, uh, and, and let me toss in there, we also have the Biden administration that can work through regulatory reforms. We've seen them already do some stuff this year. Um, but do you, how, how would the, um, the, 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 your, 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 uh, your act, how would it interact with, I mean, it would change federal law, but what about state laws? What about potential state laws like we saw in California or a regulatory agency like the Department of Labor? Tell us, what the, would this be a way of, um, of stopping any of those other efforts? It, it will overcome all of those efforts because we've, we put a statement in this, uh, this bill. It's in the third section. And we, we, we acknowledge the problem that there are, for instance, multiple ways to calculate, you know, is someone an employee or an employer for uh, social, uh, not Social Security, but workman's compensation, that, uh, mm -hmm. other, you know, pension, pension benefits. We say that as, as far as the status of the individual for employ, employee or employee, employer, this bill prevails over all other instances in federal, state, and municipal legislation, regulation, and court cases. In other words, this is the definitive moment for this person is to be at the Wage and Hour Division website and declare and sign this, this test of 10 things that everybody who's self-employed can't wait to do. <laughs> I want to price my own work and set my own schedule, you know, and that's not why you get a job with somebody else. Uh, and, you know, if you take that test, then we're providing access to, um, to, that, to that ability and we're trying to retain it despite all other legislation. We've gotten the experts' opinion on how to accomplish this and they're very pleased with it. 
Well, that is that is refreshing to hear. That is, um, it, it leaves us feeling very hopeful, Mike. Um, as we've been pushing very hard, like I know your group and and many of the other organizations we um, we work with, um, we've been pushing back to educate the pu- the public on how uh, the Pro Act, what it would do. And you and obviously, it's, as you rightly said, pushing everyone to be employees, nine to five workers. Um, removing that flexibility that women especially depend on, need, people with disabilities, people with health conditions that cannot work in a traditional job need, it would remove all of that flexibility, remove that ability to make those decisions for yourself. And frankly, it is government putting its thumb on the scale of one type of work over another. The government should not be doing that. So, folks, I, be I agree my completely, own Patrice. It's thank you, Mike. Be my own boss is your proposal, your uh, your legislative proposal. I encourage people to read it. Mike, what is your takeaway message to our audience? I think they should be very alert to the fact that there are almost 60 million self-employed people in this country, full-time or part-time, and that if they all stand up for their right to be self-employed by their choice and each, help each other write to their con, write, write call email their members of Congress and their senators uh, and, and express their concern, their weight will carry the day because everybody in Congress wants to be elected to Congress in 2022. And if they hear from us, they'll be considering our case very carefully. Mike, you, you spoke that so well. So folks, thank you for listening to this pop-up session. Mike, Thank you for joining us today to talk about the Be My Own Boss uh, Act. Thank you, Patrice, for this opportunity to talk about it. Terrific. Well, thank you again for joining us for this pop-up episode of She Thinks. To learn more about the Be My Own Boss Act, visit uh, newmassjobs.com. You'll have plenty of resources about the legislation and uh, an opportunity to make your thoughts heard. Also, we have posted on our website at IWF.org a blog post that talks a little bit about this act. It's called Congress May Let Me, quote, Be My Own Boss. So visit our website at (laughs) IWF.org as well. Thanks again for listening to this edition of She Thinks. And whether you think to the contrary or not, uh, we would love to hear your opinion. All right. Have a good day.